Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. Welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I am still Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network where we celebrate elevated listening. We also celebrate our team members, our loyal followers, and our sponsors. So as we close out the year, thank you so much to each and every one of you who has made this possible. Our show today is The Business Talk Show, episode 118. And we've got a fabulous guest who's been with us before, Christopher Salem. I'm really looking forward to bringing him out. But before we we do that. Let's bring out the star of our show, a man who needs no introduction. He's been here with me since the very beginning. It's Mr. Al Sini. Welcome. Dr. Jacqueline Kerbick, thank you as always for inviting me to, to, to play a part in this USA Global TV at 118 episodes. I know. You oh said for God. two years. I can't That's believe it. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible to me. And every one of the episodes has been great. And we have a particularly good guest today. You've done a, a great job as always, Christopher Salem, and I'm really excited to talk to him about uh, what he does. I'm excited to speak with him as well. And I, I say this, but I love when people come back and visit with us again, because I feel like we're giving people a, a place where they feel safe to share what they're doing yes. and the value that they bring to their audience. So let's talk a little bit first about what you're doing, Mr. Alcini, and the value that you bring to people. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I, I uh, uh, People who've been watching the program uh, might associate me with something called the Brandon Culture Alignment Toolkit. Uh, we, that's still out there. We're still delivering that service for corporations. But one of the things we found is that there are an awful lot of teams and groups and departments and uh, inside of companies that need a, a reset every now and then. So we've taken what we learned uh, through BCAT brand and culture alignment, and we've married it with uh, work that Lisa Maniocchi has done called Presence Intelligence. And we've created a four-hour workshop, a uh, team-building workshop that uses elements of both to create the kind of turning point that a lot of uh, business leaders are looking for. It's a nice alternative to traditional team building, which generally is a social event. So uh, not saying you shouldn't take people out to dinner, or may have them make pizzas or build bicycles. Those are all great exercises, but what we do is connect people to the purpose of the organization they serve, and we get some pretty powerful results from that. So thanks for the opportunity to talk about it, Doc. Absolutely. And congratulations on continuing to bring out new and relevant content to help people, because that's what it's all about. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to bring out our guest now. As I mentioned, he's been here before. His name is Christopher Salem, and he's a business executive coach and a business acceleration strategist. And we're going to be talking about business success blueprint and influence strategy. Let's welcome Christopher to the show. Great. Hi there. Hey, Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> it's great to see you. Happy uh, holidays uh, to you. Always I, uh, great to see both of you. Just always a smile on your face, and this is like the 
ideal well, time of year to, to be sure. You, you, you didn't see this, Christopher, but before the program, Dr. Jacqueline and I arm wrestled on who gets the first question. <laughs> she won. Well, she gave it to me. <laughs> Always gracious. <laughs> you know, we, we go around telling people Happy New Year. It happens that episode 118 is right on the cusp of 2022 to 2023. So we're celebrating a new year and we always tell everybody Happy New Year. But for me anyway, I've always thought Happy New Year isn't just something you wish. It's something, you, it's an assignment. It's, a, it's something you have to do. And what I love about the work you do, Christopher, is that you work with companies every day to help them make and keep New Year's resolutions. Yeah, in this case, it's it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a reset, but it's it's now actually doing the things that you say that you're going to do. So they're not wishes; these are things that you are actually doing. So it it it, it it's not from motivation, but establishing discipline and habits and being consistent, taking one day at a time to make those changes that become more sustainable in terms of the results that will be a byproduct of it. And you work, you work not just with individuals, but also with groups. Like I saw your, you have a corporate training uh, offering. Yeah. Yeah. We work with, uh, we work with companies of, you know, anywhere from as little as uh, 1 million, usually up to a hundred million. We do work with fortune 500 companies at the business unit level primarily, but we do work uh, with groups of people that could be from various backgrounds, different companies, running their own businesses, and also do one-on-one -on -one high-end executive coaching for C-suite, CEOs, high performers, and so on. That's great. Christopher, I'm wondering, as uh, business owners, leaders start to take an accounting of how they did for the, the last year and then look into the future, is there one time of year that's better than another to work with you? I mean, now that we're coming to the end of the year, some people start to panic and they go, I've got to get it together. We've got to make some changes. What Good are your question. thoughts? <laughs> well, I would always say the best time it was yesterday. But with that <laughs> being said, it could be any time. But, but if we're looking at, you know, we're heading into the new year, it's, you know, it could be anywhere from October to even up until the day before New Year's. So again, it could be any time. But the better that you're prepared in terms of learning to set a foundation, the better you're going to be able to then execute from that. So you can execute on the things that you built your foundation on. Like we're thinking of it like a house. You build the foundation of the house, then you frame it out. You execute by building the frame. And then you start to, you know, you know, put all the things in the house that you can actually live in. Those are the results that you see. So it's always about the foundation and then executing uh, on that to measure how you're doing to then generate the results that you seek. So, Usually when we talk about foundation, everybody's going to be different. People, companies, these things could take anywhere as little as three months. Sometimes they can take a couple of years or anywhere in between. Things take time to evolve over time. Change starts with you, the individual person, then as a team, and then as an organization. Many people are conditioned that they're waiting for their company, their business, other people to change and not being the change themselves. So, these are the things that when you're able to do these things ahead of time and giving yourself at least three months, you're going to be in a much better place in terms of solidifying that foundation that you got something to build and execute on, measure to track how you're progressing going forward, and then from there be able to actually 
obtain and seek those results that you're you're striving for. That's great. So who who inside of a company typically calls you, Chris? Is it a CEO that calls you or a COO? It really depends. It could be a, a CEO of a small corporation, mid-sized corporation. It could be HR lead. It could be a high performing sales professional, VP of sales, chief revenue officer. It really depends on the business and who it is. If it's a if it's a dental office, it could be the dentist. It could be a the partner in a CPA firm, the mm-hmm. lawyer. It really a doctor if they're head, they head up a medical group or a small medical group. Those would be you know some examples of the people that we've we work with or and have worked with in the past. Yeah. And Christopher, to just take that a, a step further, when we think about how everyone's life has changed as a result of the pandemic and the fact that you can meet people and network virtually, when you're working with your clients, do you? analyze what they're currently doing to promote themselves digitally, whether it's through social media or what is their plan for using a platform like this or other platforms? I see you shaking your head. Tell us. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if we get to the influence side, a lot of times when we work with the CEO and if he or she is interested in working on their business, not in it, by doing that, they can start to get involved in things that will help to elevate their own individual brand, which in essence will then help grow their company brand. Mm-hmm. And but in this case, now they're able to gross, you know, either in conjunction with their business. So at the time when they go to sell and exit, the value is not going, you know, with them. The, the business itself has value and they have value themselves that they can grow and move forward, whatever that may be. So when it comes to influence, yeah, it's gonna be you know, tapping into the things that you're, you're good at, you know, what are those, what are those platforms that you have strengths in? I know for me, I'm, I'm an award-winning author. I'm also a professional speaker, but if I had to pick one over the other, I'm a speaker. I'm not really a great writer. So you're not going to see me putting out a book every year or writing blogs every day for Forbes or these leading sources. But with that being said, I leverage the power of voice in terms of through video, through in-person webinars, things that are going to allow me to really capitalize on my strengths and yet share that that contextual content that's valuable to others and allow them to get to decide what that means to them. Hmm. But the key here is consistency. Have to be consistent. Leverage those platforms that cross the areas that, that you have an expertise in adding value. Be valuable on a consistent basis to your audience. Well, you know, listen, I've heard you speak. I know you're really good at it. And I know you've got great subjects to offer people. And I know that you've got the kind of background that, how how do I put this? You were not born with a silver spoon in your mouth. No. You worked hard for what you have. You've experienced setbacks. You've experienced difficulties. All of that comes out in your work product. And I think it's wonderful. But before we talk about the speaking, when there are a lot of people out there, I think want to be hiring you because you're you're absolutely great at that. Um, you're in touch with an awful lot of people in business and a whole bunch of different businesses. What are people afraid of heading into 2023? What's the big fear this year? I think the fear right now is just the unknown, just uncertainty. We, I mean, look, we went through two two years or more of COVID. You know, what is next? You know, is it inflation? Is it, you know, the economy? There's so many, you know, uncertainties that are happening each and every day. The key right now, what, I, what I'm looking to strive to get across to individuals and businesses is to learn to shift their way of thinking. 
Because many people are programmed to operate from a survival mindset. That meaning that every time that we face a situation, we tend to react rather than respond out of fear because we're caught up in the control we can't control. That's what a that, that's what a fixed mindset does. Somebody who operates from fear, they're caught up in what they can't control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. You can't control taxes, inflation, COVID. You can't control other people. You can't control what they say in terms of their communication, how they're going to perceive what you said. You can't control their behavior, their attitude, and seeing things happening to them instead of for them. And then also how they they respond versus react. In this case, better to respond versus react. And then their level of action. So the key is to shift our way of thinking as organizations away from expectations tied to outcome. That puts our thinking individually and as a group and as an organization into the past and the future. Fear thrives there. We tend to react to situations. We see things happening to us. We see challenges as ways to avoid and go around rather than embrace and see the opportunities disguised in them to what we, we can be to become more from it. And as a result of that, we are not making quality decisions. We're not taking calculated risks. We're not taking the action to a level we should. We're busy and not productive. Our confidence levels are not at, at, a, at a level they should be collectively overall as a group. Many people are being available and not valuable. And we're communicating and behaving in a codependent way from being passive, where we say yes to everything and we're always seeking validation and approval from others. Or we're being aggressive, where we place high expectations onto ourselves and other people. And when we try to be perfect, what ends up happening, we get disappointed. So it's learning how to shift our thinking away from the expectations tied to the outcome in the past and the future into the moment from intention, leading by intention rather than expectation, focusing on what you can control. And what you can control are five things by individual level and as a team and as an organization. Each of us control our own communication, how we communicate to ourselves, in this case, in an assertive, interdependent way where we're very specific, clear and concise to ourselves and others, whether if we're the sender or the receiver of the communication. We're assertive in our behavior rather than passive aggressive. We could control that. We can control our attitude, meaning that we see things happening for us, not to us. Challenges are good. It's how we ex grow and expand. If everything were going right, then we become complacent and bored and things don't really move forward in that area. We also can control how we respond rather than react. So whether if we our initial emotion to something could be negative, like anger, frustration, or overwhelmness, we're not reacting from that. We, we can pause and take a breath then to respond from a secondary emotion or we could take 10 minutes to walk away and then come back if we feel we're ready to respond or we can sleep on it before we come back to send that email or respond this way, doing it from a place of peace, calm and being laser focused on a solution rather than getting caught up in the problem. We can control those five things from intention and when we can learn to see things as a puzzle where we focus on the pieces that we have in our control. Let go of the pieces we don't have and trust the process that in time, every day, every week, every month, every quarter, those pieces that are necessary that will lead to complete our puzzle or lead to the results we seek will happen. So it's a shift in our thinking away from expectations tied to outcomes to focusing from intentions in the moment, trusting the process. 
Wow, Christopher, that was fantastic. Yeah, I love those really five points. There, and that is, yeah. yeah, I know that was a lot. Hopefully everybody could have. No, I mean, that. well, but but that's one of the values of working with. So I, I can't tell you how many people I know in business feel like they need to go it alone. Uh, just because they feel like if they if they need help, then there's got to be something wrong with them. So a, a big fear people have is admitting that they need directions. I need yeah. help. I don't know how to get where I want to get. Transparency is so important. Transparency and vulnerability. You just nailed it, Al. And as men, we tend to like we've been I was taught that vulnerability and transparency is weakness and it's not. Mm. And this is why many people play it safe. They don't say anything because they're fearful that somebody's going to judge them, feel that, you know, you know, think they're incompetent, that they're not good enough. And the thing is, we don't have to know everything. I know when I talked to Richard Branson over 14 years ago at a virgin party at a trade show that I was attending. And I remember him when he, I asked him, when you start a business, do you like know everything about that business when you start it? And he says, no, he goes, I'm lucky if I know even a fraction of it, I just know that this business could generate results and we figure it out each day, each week, each month, quarter year, and we make mistakes, we learn and we do it differently and move forward. So it's that forward thinking, critical thinking, thinking in the moment from intentions. Those are the people that eventually when they can be resourceful and be the example of that and hopefully rub off on other people to do the same, that interdependent structure or environment can do can create magic in any business. I've seen it with companies like Zappos, you know, out in Las Vegas, that small company mm -hmm. online shoe retailer. And if there's no coincidences why they were ranked in the top five for customer service year after year after year, because the way they think their environment, their culture is built around these principles that we're sharing here. That's a great answer. Christopher, and, you know, that, oh. I'm sorry, Doc, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that you brought up so many key points. I just want to reflect on a couple of them. You talked about that fear. And I think there's also some imposter syndrome there. Sometimes that people feel they're not good enough, but many times people will blame someone else. It's the customer's fault. It's my competitors. It's the marketplace. It's, it's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at some point they have to look in the mirror and take responsibility and say, wait a minute, maybe I need to get some help. I need to work with a business executive coach like yourself. How do you get people to own their stuff? so that they can mm. look at where they are, what their role is, and then somehow get the mm. self-esteem and awareness to embrace those five steps that you just mentioned. Well, you know, I, I've learned that, you, you know, sometimes there is a place to be directive, but in most cases being directive or telling people why they're not doing it right or what they should be doing usually doesn't work. People become defensive, especially at a higher level. The, the, the most important thing that you could do is continue to be the example and be a resource of that, being consistent in how it shows up in your communication, both written, verbally, non-verbally, your behavior, your attitude, your emotions, responding versus reacting, your, in your, your consistent action. And it's better to share, to, to empower people to draw their own conclusion. So when I do a keynote, when I do a breakout session at an industry event or speak at a company, I'll always lead with something that that they're striving to accomplish, something that they feel they can get, you know, that that if they get better at it, they're going to be they're going to be in a better place. But if I focus on the problem first, they're not going to admit to themselves there's a problem and they're going to be defensive right from the start. 
So I lead with where they are and where they desire to be, but then I share what, you know, what is to be shared and not sharing what they would like to hear or what they need to hear. I don't do that. I share what is. So this way they get to decide what that means to him or her. Now, there are going to be some people in that when they hear this, that may not be the right time they, 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 they're looking to hear it. They might be rubbed the wrong way as a result of it, but that's okay. Because that, you know, sometimes ruffling somebody's feathers, not intentionally, is going to get them to start thinking that, hey, the way I've been doing it is not working. So again, you're not trying to be everything for everyone and you're not telling people what to do. You're sharing what is and just asking them what's their take on it? How do they look at it? What do they feel could be better and how would they go about doing that? So including them in the engagement, I find works really well, whether if I'm doing that one-to-one, one-to-few or one-to-many and cross whatever platform I'm communicating. That, you know, I, I think you just raised a really important point. One of the reasons why I think people are afraid to ask for help is because they're afraid the judgment comes along with that. I mean, they, they fear that. They fear yeah. that they're going to be judged, that somehow they've flunked or they're failures, and they're going to be admitting that. And But I, it's really great, very important that you point out uh, that you are a polite, courteous, respectful person, a, a fine young man, as we used to say. And you don't make people feel bad that they don't, they aren't getting what they want. You try instead, you settle down and let's see if we can't figure out what it's going to take to get you what yeah. you want. So, so there's no reason why you have to be afraid to call Christopher Salem. You should just get on the phone and call. Thank you so much, Al. Yeah. It's transparency is what's going to set you free. And I find, you know, that the people that can learn that, that, no, you know, even if people judge you, it doesn't matter. As long as that you, you've learned not to judge yourself and learn to, not you know not not that you don't care what people think it's not but you're not dependent upon what people think hmm. you focus on what you believe in not imposing yourself and your views on people but sharing and standing by what you what you value and just in a way that that it comes across as hey i'm looking to be included or i'm looking to include you in the conversation what's your take i'm not here to impose and say my way is the the only way and yours is not and I think if we had more people doing that at an organization level, we would have more problem solvers, more solutions, and less band-aids that we keep putting on and managing mm. the same problems over and over. Kicking the can over. down the road. Yeah. Kicking the can down the road. Don't kick the can down the road into 2023. <laughs> Stop kicking the can. <laughs> Christopher, my question for you is related to uh, the passion that a person needs to have or a team needs to have. When you think about the, a show like Shark Tank, I watch the show religiously. And of course, that's about someone asking for an investment, but they are being judged based on whether or not the shark wants to make an adjustment an investment. But there are times when they don't want to. And the, the business owner is so passionate about what they're doing that they say, hey, I'm going to make it anyway, regardless of what you guys are saying. You ladies are saying, I'm going out there and I'm going to make it. How important is that passion, that drive and determination for a business owner to make it to the next level? I think it's very important. You got to stand what you believe in. And again, it starts with those values that you operate from the values that define who you really are and how they align 
with your business and align with the people you work with and the customers that you serve. They don't have to be the same values, but that, that you can connect on a shared value. And it doesn't mean that you can't take advice from somebody like a Mark Cuban, even though they may not see the value in your business or idea, there could be some valid points that you could take and make some tweaks, but not deviating completely from what you truly believe in and stand by that you are going to move forward with him or without him or any of the other sharks that somehow by you being consistent and believing in your process, focusing on what you can control each day and raising your confidence level each and every day, your vibrational energy is going to show up and eventually open up new doors, new avenues. And by trusting that process, the results that you seek would, you know, will be just a matter of time. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the exact results, but I find that when you commit to your process each and every day, focused on what you control, more or less of the time, you're going to be within that range of the results you seek in, in a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, I love Chris, that. maybe now now's a good time to talk a little bit about your background, because I know uh, you're a complicated guy. So all the, all the <laughs> wisdom. All guys you... complicated. Come on. Stop. Yeah. Well, I again, I, 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 I had I had to come undone to come together. And I believe me, I was I was. I was a mess. So you talk about the problem. I, you're, this is that I was the problem for 30 years. Hmm. And, you know, again, it's just how I was conditioned growing up, growing up in a codependent home, a lot of yelling and just a lot of passive aggressive behavior and communication uh, operating from my inner critic, not my inner champion. And obviously it impacted my relationships with other people, even though I could put on a smile, play the part, look the part that energy was just not in alignment with, with what I was projecting. It was operating at a low level. I was operating from a place of a lower self-esteem. So the leader that I thought I was back then wasn't really inspiring and in being an, a, a prime example or resource to really help others. I was, I was dependent upon people and they were dependent upon me. And when they were dependent upon me, it gave me this false sense of power, like I was helping them. But really, I wasn't. I was keeping them stuck, stagnant, and depleting my own energy to just continue to try to give something from an empty cup. So the key, the key is, is that if you're truly going to serve people, you have to serve yourself. If you're going to create valuable customer experiences, client experiences, patient experiences, that has to start with you and what goes on inside your organization. Because what goes on inside your organization in terms of how you relate and understand each other, how you communicate at a higher level, how we listen to relate and understand, then respond versus react. These are the things that are critical that are going to lend itself outward to creating more valuable experience because we learned how to be valuable with each other. We're not available. Too many people are available. And when we become too available, we become people become dependent on us. And when we when they become dependent, they get stuck. They don't go anywhere. And you are become more drained and depleted and have really nothing to give. Learning how to value your time, value what's most important versus not prioritize things and focus on building from within and allowing the results of a, a better experience with the customers you serve to be a result of it. Christopher, I really appreciate that transparency. Uh, that's so wonderful that you're able to just be humble and share that. Something that I'd like to move on to now is 
how do we give ourselves grace and forgiveness about things that we do? For example, I remember when I was in corporate, I sent an email to the wrong person. It was like the email address was automatically populated and I just couldn't get over it. I was upset with myself for like a week. And yet that affects everything that we do. And so we make mistakes in business. We make decisions that are maybe not the best and we hold on to them and we judge ourselves because of that. What can you share with our audience? about this? I would say, again, it's learning how to come back into the moment. And when we can learn to come back in the moment and find some peace, we can then become to come to terms with these things subconsciously at a deeper level that impact why we do what we do and how we react to certain things and how we bring self-limiting beliefs from our past and from our childhood into the current moment to situations that we're facing now as adults, whether if it's work-related, personally, whatever that may be. So it's learning again through the through the transparency and vulnerability, having a gratitude list that you take each and every night, developing a daily routine in the morning. These are the things that are going to get your mind still. Learning how to shift away from anxiety and stress and fear in the past and future into the moment where fear is reduced and we can lead from intention. These are the things that allow us to forgive the source. And I and now and I've noticed over the years when I started practicing this, and it took me a while to get into this frame of thinking, that when I could think in a different way to be it and then become it, then I can do things differently and then have different and better results. And I found those results to be more sustainable. And through my behavior, my actions, and my attitude, and my communication, and all of the above, you know, I, you begin to rub off on other people in a positive way. So it's just like the oxygen mass theory. You put the mask on yourself, then you put it on your child. You know, most people, especially moms, will do it the opposite. They'll put it on their child before they put it on themselves. Serve yourself forward to be the example and a resource to help others do for themselves. That is magical in terms of what it can do in a family, a community, and any size organization over time. Boy, that really makes a lot of sense. I mean, there is so much... Uh... Okay, so, and you know, Chris, okay, now we're going into this 2020, 2023 thing. Now, Dr. Jacqueline talked about, and it was a great point, by the way, Doc, uh, beating ourselves up when we make mistakes. But a big part of your value proposition is helping companies figure out how to avoid making mistakes going forward. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, in that, and, you know, I, I, I'm not, not necessarily meaning to get too Freudian, but Dr. Jacqueline, it's possible that you actually wanted that message to get to the person that you accidentally <laughs> sent it to. It's true. Could be. I would <laughs> say encourage, I, I actually encourage mistakes. Not, that, not doing the same one over and over. That's different. Yeah. But it's through mistakes that we learn and grow. If everything mm. were going status quo or going, you know, smoothly, what eventually happens, we become complacent and then bored. When we are, when we do make mistakes and we don't judge people for them, you know, as long as they're not making the same ones over and over, then we're in the stretch zone. This way we can keep stretching to find better ways to do things. It was like Edison when he discovered the light bulb, right? You know, it took him, I don't know the exact number, but it was like 1600 and something times before he got it right. He could have <laughs> gave up after the first 10. But he kept going. You know, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen were rejected by almost 300 publishers before they were finally picked up. And the rest is history with that book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. They could have gave up any time. So the key is, is that you just got to keep stepping up, learning from mistakes, 
and growing from it. And I find that when you can fail forward, in this case, it's not really failure unless you drop out or quit and stop. It's, it actually is the best teacher that, you know, that you could ever have. There's mm -hmm. nothing better than actual experience. I love that you shared that. And it reminds me of a quick story that I want to share and have you both comment on. When I was going for my doctorate, I had to write my doctoral dissertation and I had a mentor and it wasn't working out well. So long story short, I was away for this. Um, I forget what they call it. Three weeks that you have to go to, to the university and um, it's with an R. I can't think of it. Anyway, the person who was teaching the course uh was really impressive. He was in the military. And I went up to him and I said, listen, I'd really like to have you as my mentor on this project. And he literally looked me up and down and he said, oh, I'm sorry, but you don't have what it takes. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you'll cry. You won't be, you won't be able to take the feedback. And he ended up taking me on because I said, yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong. And he had me rewrite the dissertation 118 times. So the reason I bring that up is many times there are people in our lives, in our career, who are not going to be on board with what it is that we're doing. And they, they may judge us. They may taunt us. They may put us down. And I just feel like in the example I gave that I wasn't taking that on. I was committed and I knew he was the right guy for me, but he didn't know it. So I just would love to have your opinion as two men, what your thoughts are when it comes to somebody in our, in our career who basically tries to either break us down, stop us, reject us. So, I mean, some, I can look back now and, and, you know, and I know some people sometimes could even go through even more difficult situations where it could be something horrific or traumatic. I look at those situations as blessings disguised in those challenges at that time, because without that person, you know, playing a role where they pushed your buttons or they really had you really step up, you know, not that they did it, but you, you know, that's how, what you, how you responded as a result of it. In this case, in a, in a positive way, you wouldn't be where you are today. So I look at all the challenges, the people that played a role in those challenges the people that once I used to despise or even hate back in the day, I see them as blessings. And some of those people in, to this day are, are some of them I don't I haven't associated with or see anymore. But there are some that I do. And we have a completely different relationship than how it was back then. And I see it and I saw it as an opportunity to grow. So I see those things as a good thing because you wouldn't be where you are today to be sharing and, and helping solve problems, creating solutions and being an example for others to do wherever they are in their journey, in their careers, and in their personal lives. That's, that's, I think that's a great answer. I, 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 I'd only add this. You mentioned, Chris, a little while ago, uh, Sir Richard Branson, talking about how you don't have to have all the answers before you start asking the questions. If you think you've got an idea, pursue the idea and then kind of punch your way out of it. Learn from developing the idea. I often well, wonder, if he, I, I, my fear is that he might teach his pilots that way. <laughs> I'm not sure that I want the pilot of my plane to, you know, step into. Yeah, the I mean that that's a little different. I don't want I don't want to have a surgeon operating with me only two years of medical school. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I, I hear you. No, I hear so you. There, no, I mean, there's certain things you got to be able to do, but it's like with anything. You you have surgeons and you have surgeons. You have surgeons on different levels of experience. Uh -huh. There's some that can do the routine surgeries and some that are not able to do certain things. Only that there's only a select few people uh -huh. that can do those procedures. Just like a pilot, you know, when Captain Sullivan would landed in the 
Hudson River, you know, with that plane. I mean, most average pilots in terms of experience, it would have been a completely different outcome. That plane would have came apart and there would have been fatalities. And this was a, somebody that was very well, you know, had a lot of hours in the air in terms of working on the simulators and, you know, in that situation was able to rise to the occasion and safely land that plane and keep everyone alive. Hmm. So again, we all, we all learned that and that was a very tough experience, but something that obviously he'll remember for the rest of his career. And, and those people will forever be thankful for how he saved their lives. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I know just from looking at the two of you that uh, all of us here are early risers. I see on social media, it's like 3 a.m. Alcini is posting something. Christopher, 4 a.m. How important is it to have a discipline and structure where you just are not going to do it whenever you feel like getting around to it? You, you have a certain time to do certain things. And that might be when it's quiet in the home, when you are able to think clearly and not be distracted. What are your thoughts, early risers? I, I have a big confession on this one. It's not discipline in my case. It's a weak bladder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but at least it's getting you up and then you can work it is. There, it's, right? Let's try to make the best of it if I'm up anyway. <laughs> but that's a great question for you, Chris. Well, I, I think it's always important. I mean, every, you know, again, everyone's going to be different. And if they feel like, hey, I could get up anytime and, I, and I, I don't have a set agenda and things work for me, then all power to you. But I always find that when people have structure, a foundation, it, it has the ability to really change the way you think. And when you think in a different way in the moment, you be it. And when you be it, you become it. When you become it, then you begin to do things differently. You, you begin to vibrate on a whole different level in terms of your energy. And that's where your confidence goes up. See, my confidence was not there when I was living in fear each and every day. I was, I was in a fight or flight state for the first three years of my life. Hmm. I would make all my decisions out of fear or I would not make certain decisions out of fear. I didn't take certain risks because of fear or I would take stupid risks without even thinking it through because of fear. So these are the things that a lot of times when we can develop a foundation, it just allows us now to bring things into the moment. What can I control? What I can't, cannot control and be able to make you know better decisions and not speculate or, or second guess them. And if it wasn't the right decision, it's okay. You learn and grow from it and move forward and you don't get caught up in what is and what could have been. You just move on. And these are the things that that having a foundation, getting up early, you know, making my bed, meditating, journaling, working out, taking a cold shower, eating a healthy breakfast, reading a chapter or two out of a book every day and then reviewing my daily goals. Those things that help me now, grant me, don't get me wrong. I do have a service that helps me put social media out early in the morning. So it's not always me placing it at that time. But nonetheless, I'm up. It's just that I'm, but I, I'm probably doing something else at that point. But then by the time I can get to my desk after my routine at six in the morning, because I get up at four, then I can check whoever's engaging the content. Maybe people in Europe, Australia, I can get back to them then, or I can strike up a conversation on LinkedIn and set up a meeting from there. So these are the things that, again, I always find that when you have a foundation and you could be using discipline, meaning when it's the last thing in the world you desire to do, but you do it anyway. 
And that consistency is what solidifies that foundation to execute at a higher level, perform at a higher level, despite anything working against you. And as you get, generate bigger and better results and measure them, you can begin to track where you can make improvements, where you've regressed, where you have to improve. And those are the things that are, the, in my opinion, the magic of moving any level of success, whether it's an individual, a team, a company, whatever, to that next level. Uh, I, I want to point out to Dr. Jacqueline, I know Chris pretty well, and he helps companies establish the kind of procedures and disciplines and day-to-day -day habits that it takes to be successful. And that it's not just about rah-rah. It's not just about motivational speaking. Mm. It's about actually putting one foot in front of the other and developing a plan that leads to a successful outcome. And uh, uh, everybody who's ever called you has said nothing but wonderful things about you. There are plenty of great references on LinkedIn. Uh, you got a great reputation, Christopher. Uh, before we wrap the program, maybe you can quickly outline for us the kinds of topics you speak on and what you offer by way of corporate training. Yeah, and thank. First of all, I want to thank both of you for having me on. Uh, in terms of topics that I cover, I speak at a lot of industry B two B and B two C events worldwide. Uh, business mindset, business influence are usually the foundational part of what I talk about there. But that could be around leadership, communication, workplace culture, teamwork, change management, conflict resolution, diversity, equity, inclusion, all of the above. And mm -hmm. we do a lot around how to you know, become a trusted advisor in your business and how mm -hmm. to build, boost your business and brand simultaneously and how building your brand separate from your business can help also grow your business at the same time. So we. We cover a lot of ground, but it always comes back to how we think, how we connect and build rapport with others, starting from within and then outward to our customers from shared values. And again, making that shift in that thinking and connecting is that foundation that just really that builds that level of success in the stretch zone and whatever you're striving to do. Hmm. Fantastic. You've added so much value here today. I really do appreciate it. And uh, we could stay here for hours just going into each of the different areas that you had mentioned. But we want people to reach out to you. There's great references out there, as Al mentioned, on LinkedIn. How is the, the best way for people to contact you? And who would you like to contact you? For me, it would be if you're a CEO, a doctor, a lawyer, a CPA, a business owner. Again, our sweet spots are anywhere from a million to 100 million. That tends to be from a consulting, coaching perspective. But we do a lot of training and coaching at the business unit level for Fortune 500 companies. We do a lot of one-on-one -on -one with high performers. So people that are coachable, open-minded, and are ready to commit to a process to get to the next level, whatever that may be in their lives. It's about work-life harmony. It's not about perfection. It's about progress and striving to be your best each day, not the best. Those are the principles that we teach. And these are the things that we that we feel that if people come with an open mind, they're going to, you know, we're going to be able to work with them and help them to achieve that at a higher level. And the best place to reach me is simply either you can check me out at ChristopherSalem.com. Uh, the email is Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Or you can check out uh, the LinkedIn at Christopher Salem. And I'd love to connect with you and get to know you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you for making it so easy for people to reach you. Sometimes people have one email address and LinkedIn is different. It's like, come on, <laughs> but you've made it simple. It's just Christopher Salem. Go and contact him. I hope you have a beautiful holiday. 
season weekends coming up. And please do come back and see us in 2023, right around the corner. Okay. Christopher, you with us? Thank you. Great. That was a great show. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you you so much, Christopher. Okay. Um, Al, while I have you here, I just want to share with our viewers and our listeners that Al is the recipient of the President's Club Award here at USA Global TV and Radio for his commitment to helping others, sharing hope and inspiration on our platform here for USA Global TV and Radio Network. Thank you, Al Sini. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. It's an honor working with you every day. And every now and then, a little recognition is a nice thing. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. But wait, there's more. Al's also the recipient of the People's Choice Award. And by the way, not everyone on our team gets an award. And people have to actually uh, contribute and do certain things. Al is the only person getting the People's Choice Award today. And he has mastered his leadership and interviewing skills in a heart-centric way where our guests and our team members love and respect him. So, Al, I hope you take that to heart as I, how much you are loved and appreciate I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Thank you, doctor. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to spotlight you for you to share how people can reach out to you. And also just a quick announcement that this show is moving to Tuesdays starting next week, Tuesdays at 11 a.m., which is 4 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Al, how can people contact you and who would you like to contact you? Uh, Easiest way to reach me is uh, by email. L.Cini, A-L.C-I-N-I at G-E-T-B-C-A-T.com. I can also be reached by phone, 212-480-3730. And, uh, you know, I welcome anybody who wants to talk about any issues they might be having in the teams that they're managing, issues like managing relatives and family-owned businesses. These are sweet spots for us, and we've done a lot of work in these areas, and I'm happy to help. Uh, So please call me. All right. Thank you again, Al. And before I let you go, (laughs) but wait, there's still more. I just want to share with people that you and I are co-hosting our first anniversary event, which is taking place January 15th. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, you said 118 episodes. How is this the first anniversary? It's the first anniversary of USA Global TV and Radio. And Al, we are being joined by some incredible people who have been guests on our platform, and they're going to be promoting their work and telling people the value that they're bringing in 2023. And you and I are going to be wearing coordinating outfits, right? We're going to, we're going to figure out a way to get my bow ties to match your outfits. <laughs> I, I'm sure it'll probably take a couple of phone calls to get that done, but let's, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Fantastic. And the last thing I just want to share is that Al is one of our elevated listeners here at our platform, and he is involved in the books that I'm co-writing with Mariska Dupree. And the books are to teach children how to listen at an elevated level. So I just want to highlight the characters that represent you, Al. Each okay. of the the animal characters on our book covers represent real people. The book on the left, The Amazing Adventures of Lady Al, The Listening Mentor, that's actually the name of the series. There's seven books in the series. And each of the animals on the cover represents someone who took our program, The Power of Listening, which is open to anyone. It's a two-hour course. And so Al is featured in the second book, which is on the right. And which character is you, Al? I am the donkey. 
<laughs> and Al chose to be the donkey. I did. Then... That was my decision. I was such a hardhead learning. I Your elevated listening program is a terrific program. And I had to take it twice. That's uh, I went to summer school, I think, to try to catch up. And my <laughs> grades were so poor. But uh, uh, stubbornness was kind of a, was a habit I had to overcome. I mean, uh, listening to actually learn something uh, rather than just to confirm something you already know. Um it's it's a skill, and it's one of the things I think I learned in your program, Doc. So thank you. Well, thank you. And you know that everybody on our team has to be certified as an elevated listener so that I know that we all know how to listen without judgment, without interruption, without coming up with solutions, and without stealing the stage. So those two books... Uh, just mentioned again, they both became Amazon number one new releases. I think it was two weeks ago. The one on the right is available for pre-order for ebook and the one on the left is already available. And the third book, which is coming out March 26th, which is when I turned 60. Oh my gosh. Al is also featured in this one. It's Lady Ella has afternoon tea in London. Which character is you, Al? I am. I am the short-legged corgi. <laughs> So I'm going to being the most miserable animal in the barnyard. And I shouldn't say that. I'm donkey shaming. That's not bad. Donkey shaming. That sounds like Wayne Newton. Uh, I'm moving I'm moving from being a donkey to being a dog, which I think is a step up. And it's a, a British dog and you have a British name. What is it? Britannia. Britannia. Yeah. So Lady Ella is the ladybug, and she actually represents my great niece, whose name is Ella. And uh, I sent you a picture, Al, was one of the most touching moments in my life. Lady Ella was reading the book dedicated to her picture. with the picture of her in the book. She's reading the book dedicated yes. to her looking at her picture. It was just perfect. perfect. So thank you for being part of this, Al. It yeah, it's really a pleasure. Thanks for including me. Well, thank you. All right. I'm just going to close out the show and I'll let you go and I'll be in touch with you soon. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. All right. Thank you again. As we close out this show for this year, I just have a few announcements. I want to recognize two of our new team members. Kenley Davenport is a certified elevated listener, and he is actually joining us with his own program, which is a sales Roundtable. So he'll be starting that in February. And I want to welcome Leanne Milton Lataka. She is with the British School of Excellence, and she is also one of our animal characters on the book cover. Let me just bring that up quickly. Uh, she is the cat and her name is Mimi. So Leanne is really instrumental in getting guests booked for The Power of Etiquette and Manners. And that show is on Friday. So thank you so much to her. I really do appreciate it. And finally, we have a new show that we just did on Monday. It's called Talking Peace Around the World, featuring world-class international broadcasters, Ian Pelham Turner, Daisy Gideon, Helena Shard and Al Sini. So the show went so well where we're talking about how we work together collectively as humans and humanity to bring peace, peacefulness in the world. We are going to be doing this show once a month and it will be at the same time, which is uh, Mondays at 4 p.m. New York time. It is uh, 9 p.m. London time, 11 p.m. Beirut and 8 a.m. Sydney 
So please do join us as everything that we do here is about education, inspiration, and hope. And that's why the listening program is so important to me and to our team, that we respect each other, that we give people a safe space to share. So finally, if you would like to join our team as an elevated listener, which enables you to have other opportunities like being a co-host, being a show host, being an extra uh, panelist, being an expert speaker, being an expert presenter. All you have to do to get started is to take the power of listening to our online course. It's on demand. You take it at a time that's convenient for you. Once you take the course, which features role plays that you can watch so you can identify dysfunctional types of behavior that are probably going on in your life or somebody else's life. Now you may say to yourself, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't have any dysfunction. How many times do you feel that you weren't heard, that you were starting to tell a story and somebody interrupted you? Or you were sharing a story and someone starts to look away and they come back and say, wait a minute, I know what you can do. I have a solution. Nobody asked you for a solution. They just asked you to listen. But we feel like we have to fix everything because by giving the solution, we are empowered. We're in control, but we're no longer listening. The other areas that I'm talking about when it comes to elevated listening skills include stealing the stage. Stealing the stage is where I'm telling you a story Well, I started this television platform and you say, well, you know what? Guess what? I started a television platform. Let me tell you all about it. Now, I can no longer say what I had to say because you stole the stage from me. People interrupt one another. So I just want you to incorporate this into your own thinking about your own behavior. Are you listening at an elevated level? Are you part of the answer, part of the solution? Or do you have some work to do? What I found is we survey everyone before they take the course about their listening skills and then how they feel about their listening skills afterwards. And most people think they are listening at an elevated level. But I guarantee you, if we were to survey their family members, their coworkers, people would have something else to share. That doesn't mean that no one's listening at an elevated level. What it means is it's a skill and a talent that you can incorporate and embrace by taking this course. Again, the course is available. It's only $39. I've made it as reasonable as I can for people to take it. Just go over to Thinkific platform, drjacqueline.thinkific.com slash collections. And I'll put that into the comment section. And then you will become a team member here. You'll have your headshot and your bio featured on drjacqueline.com where I do my coaching and listening courses. And also you'll have your headshot on usaglobaltv.com as an elevated listener. Thank you for listening to me. God bless you. Happy holidays. And thank you again for being loyal followers, for your likes, for your comments, for spreading the word, and for supporting all of our team members by connecting with them, whether it's their website, LinkedIn. You can find information about our team members on our website, usaglobaltv.com. Thank you so much. We'll be back again tomorrow.